Hello, and welcome back to the Parental Rights Podcast. And as you can tell, I am not Michael or Jim, and I'm here with Shelby Joe. Hello. And my name's Corey, by the way. And we're also here with Daniel Heffington, hey who guys. is a good friend of mine, and I've worked with him for... Oh, I guess we worked together for what, like four years or something like that. At least that, that yeah. Generation Joshua. So anyways, but a little bit of an intro since most of y'all probably don't know who me or Shelby are. Um, or my me, name, you know, or Dan. I'm, I'm flattered, <laughs> but, but probably not me either. That's true. But my name's Corey Gibbons. Um, I am the contact coordinator for parentalrights.org slash foundation. Um, I've been f- working for parental rights for, I guess, just over a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I started working here basically right out of college. That's where me and Shelby met actually originally was we went to Patrick Henry Dollar together. We graduated in 2018, and this is where we are now. And Shelby, do you want to? Yeah. I am the office administrator for parentalrights.org slash foundation. I am also uh, from PHC, graduated class of 2018. I've been happily working here with these fabulous people for about a year and a half now. It's been an awesome time and really looking forward to doing the podcast with you guys today. So reading between the lines of getting the vibe, you guys are basically <laughs> the ones who, who who make sure everything happens and like nothing would happen without you basically. Oh. Like we, we love the rest of them. But yeah, totally. Totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But Anyways, but we're here with Daniel Heffington, as we said before. Um, Daniel Heffington, you work at Generation Joshua. And what's your exact job title there? I'm the communications manager for Generation Joshua. What that means is that I basically handle everything that goes out the public door for Gen J. So whether that's written material or uh, social media or marketing. um, And then I also just travel around the country speaking at our events and working with high school students. Yeah, awesome. And like I said, I've worked with Daniel for – we worked together for four years – I was an intern with Generation Joshua while I was going to school at Patrick Henry. One of our so. best. Oh, thanks. <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> but, yep, we have him on here because he actually works in the political sphere as well as a young dad. Like, you have two kids, right? I, I do have two kids, and I appreciate you calling me young. I'm still technically in my 20s, so uh, woot, that woot. probably qualifies. <laughs> um, start to feel old for some reason. When you're, when you're nearing the end of your 20s, you just feel old, you know? Yeah. I don't, you wouldn't know, but, you know, I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, I am a dad. I have two uh, little girls, and um, I, I love being a dad. Well, that's good. We love people who love being dads. <laughs> and, but and it wasn't even—you didn't even ask me that before I came on. So I'm really glad it worked out that way. Right. That well, I was awesome. a happy parent, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, <laughs> we have a few questions we just wanted to ask as someone who's like been actively involved in actually the parental rights movement for kind of a long time. Believe it or not, that's um, actually true. You worked on a film called The Child, is that correct? And that's, that's right. not a Mandalorian reference, which when I Googled it earlier today, that's all that showed up was Baby Yoda memes. We were so. clearly, we were clearly uh, ahead of our time. We were visionaries. Uh, yeah, I was part of a very small film crew when I was 19 years old. We traveled around the country uh, for, for about three or four weeks straight just filming interviews. We were making a documentary called The Child. The, the film title came from one of the big uh, threats to parental rights, which, which is still out there, um, called the UNCRC, which is the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child. Mm-hmm. And so um, the child, the child, the child was thrown around by a lot of people, and we thought that would be an interesting artistic choice. So uh, the, yeah. the title is called The Child. It was made by a crew of teenagers, um, some people who were still in high school, some who just wrapped up high school, I was the oldest person on the crew, and I was 19, so I think we had down yeah. to, like, 16 or 17. So, you know, if you ever see the movie, 
you know, don't don't judge us too harshly. <laughs> we're, we're teenagers making a, a feature length documentary. So if a teenager showed me that, I'd be like, oh man, that's incredible work, you know. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't put it up, you know, I wouldn't like put it up for for an Oscar or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, almost, you know, almost to that level, just almost, not quite. almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, well, it was really cool because we all um, kind of organically were these teens who is a weird issue for teens to be passionate about, yeah. but we were pretty politically involved and aware, and we just felt. Uh, like nobody told us to go make this. It was like it was like we were hanging out. And we were like, we want to do something. We want to say something about this. We're teenagers. We can make a difference by using our voice to create, you know, a, a movie that maybe people will watch. And so we did. And it was it was a great adventure. Yeah, and that's pretty awesome because I feel like the idea of protecting parental rights. A lot of people view it as like an older people issue and not necessarily a young people right. issue. Right, yeah, or like a, or like something that like paranoid parents are interested in yeah. and their kids are like, oh, mom, oh, dad, why are you talking about that? Yeah. But we were these teenagers who, you know, I mean, what? Like when you, teenagers, that's supposed to be like some of the hardest mm-hmm. years with your parents for yes. some people. But we were out here, you know, making this documentary for parental rights and not because like, w- you know, we were out here saying, oh, we have perfect parents or something. But like we just saw the value of like, like this is common sense, this, this, we should talk about this because there's some real threats to it right now. Yeah, and that's utterly fantastic. I wish more young people would get involved, kind of like me and Shelby. I mean, mm-hmm. heck, we're still in our early to mid twenties, so <laughs> I think it's like really important for something for young people to get involved in. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, and and you know, by being a person, that means you had parents, so you don't that's have true. to have kids to be involved on the issue. Yeah. It's like you know, you you if you uh, had parents, then you know, okay, in most cases, there were some really good upbringing and direction that I got from these people and you know if, if I were to find myself having kids someday it's important that you know I my rights and role as a parent are protected um and that's actually just not a, not a plug but I just have to brag on the students I work with is that that kind of mentality uh it is encouraging because I think I wish more people young people did have that mentality but I get to meet a lot of those young people through Generation Joshua because we work with them all across the country and they're doing stuff whether it's making a movie or hosting a debate that gets televised or, you know, something like that, that they're just, like, they're, they're crushing it. So, yeah, we, we, there are some young people out there making a difference, and we need more of them. Oh, that's very true. But jumping off of the idea of you being a father someday, we did mention that you have two small kids. That's right. And I'm just curious, with the current political climate as, like, is affecting a lot of laws, especially in Virginia sure. with um, parental rights laws, how do you think that's going to affect you in particular raising your children as they get older? Because right now they're both, like, really young still. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a four-year-old, and I have a, a, a one-year-old who's turning two this month. Wow. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting. I think the issue of parental rights is it's sometimes a tricky issue to get into simply because what I find, by and large, is that the concept of the Parental Rights Amendment, the issue of, of parental rights in general, is what most people accept as the way things are and common sense, the way things should be. Mm-hmm. The idea that who directs the upbringing and the education and the nurturing and the care, who's responsible for that for a kid? It's their parents. You know, you, you see a kid, like, being hyper in the store, you're like, where's that kid's parents? You know, mm-hmm. like, you, don't, you don't say, hey, kid, you know, what's your problem? You say, hey, where's your parents? Like, we got, you know, what's going on? Um, the idea is is pretty common sense to most people. They're like, why do we need a parental rights amendment? Parents are parents. That's understood. That's accepted. But the issue is it's not on, on all these levels. I think that most people in America understand that, that 
you know, a, a kid who's raised by, by parents and, and, you know, even when there's two parents in a home, that that's, that's always held up as like the optimal situation to raise a kid. Um, single parents are heroes, but, you know, th- it's understood that that's more challenging to be a single parent. Um, but anyways, there's, there's this movement amongst some people, and, and it kind of will often originate with some, like, more of the philosophical, academic side of things, um, where there's this idea that maybe parents shouldn't be the first ones responsible for their kids. And it, it seems silly. It seems weird when you talk to people. It's almost, like I said, it's almost hard to get into the subject sometimes because people are like, what are you talking about? Parents take care of their kids. They make mm-hmm. decisions for them. They figure out, you know, where they should go to school, what mm-hmm. they should, you know, have for breakfast, what, you know, what, what outfit they should choose. Um, but there's some people uh, in some legislation and some political moves out there in kind of the, the you know, polit- political side of the world where they have more of a perspective that kids should be the property of the state or the government first mm-hmm. and then if parents mind their p's and q's then then they can have some some leadership or there's some some you know care taking over their child um the issue with that is that the common person that makes no sense to them because mm-hmm. they're like of, you know of course you're it's your kid you're the parent um but there are real threats. Some of the some of the international treaties that are out there. Um, like I said, when I was back uh, making the the documentary, we were really talking about the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child and also the UN CRPD, which is a slightly different one. Mm-hmm. These conventions have super compassionate names. You know, the Rights of the Child. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CRPD is the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. Yeah. You want to take care of people with disabilities. You mm-hmm. want to take care of kids. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, smart. But what, what the policy we see has some kind of concerning trends that put the state in between the parent and the kid for everybody. Mm-hmm. The, the crux here is that there are some clear situations if there are unfit parents, if there's harm being done to a kid or neglect or something like that, of course there should be intervention there. Of course there's something to happen there. Mm-hmm. But... It's kind of, to me, it's the concept of innocent until proven guilty, mm-hmm. where it's like you start by saying, what's the baseline? What, what should things be? And then we address the situations where the baseline isn't being met, where, where something wrong is happening. Um, and so that's, uh, that's kind of a long answer to your question, but I think the average person you talk to, they get it. They understand mm-hmm. what a parent is. They understand what the relationship between a parent and a kid should be. And, and a parent and a kid and their government. It's just there's some people on the more political, legislative side of things that are trying to push it the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that creates an environment where we can't afford to just pretend like there's not a threat because yeah. there are threats. It's not, it's not a boogeyman. It's not something like that. There are real pieces of legislation, real um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, ideologies out there that want to that impact that. The good news is I think there are, they're fringe. It's, it's, we're pushing back against a fringe ideology. It's just one that is gaining momentum in some circles. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, there are, speaking of fringe legislation, there are quite a few pieces of legislation that are actually coming in to be introduced this session. In particular, I'm thinking of Virginia, just okay. because that's just something that has been on our radar a lot at parental rights yeah. the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, one in particular, there is an HB 386. 
okay. that is banning counseling and therapy for youth that are having same-sex attraction and basically it's conversion therapy ban. Okay. And it's an interesting concept because for especially for parents, I feel like this is like a major issue where they have to deal with like what happens if your kid doesn't want these feelings or doesn't mm-hmm. want to have this, like they can't get help from it. Sure, okay. And as a person who works closely with teenagers with Generation Joshua, yeah. like obviously this is going to have broader like scope of affecting people other than parents. And I wanted to see what your opinion was on this if when it comes to counseling young teenagers. Okay, sure. So am I understanding that the proposed legislation would basically prohibit prohibit any talk that was basically like, you know, how how do you feel about these feelings? Do you yeah. like them? Do you not mm-hmm. like them? It would basically you could only you, you could only one hundred percent endorse the feelings yeah. and say what are, you know what are you so um, I I would I definitely take issue with that legislation. I I don't have a I haven't read the bill, so I don't want to speak too specifically to it. But just in general, that concept. Um, I mean, first of all, I, I would just object to it on the basis of free speech because yes. you've got to be able to talk about difficult issues. These things, um, you know, gender identity, same-sex attraction, these things are real serious topics that most people want to talk about on a substantial, meaningful level. And, and, and there's going to, you know, you're going to come from, people come from different backgrounds, different ideologies, different religions, different perspectives. But we've got to be able to have meaningful discussions both as a society and as families and if and if you're or you know and and as counselors and as you know teachers and anything like that so if you're trying to introduce something that actually uh, restricts the type of discussions that can be had i think that's going to be harmful because because you don't usually find truth or find progress by by covering things up not talking about them not mentioning them it's mm-hmm. you know i think that that it's not about it's not about what side of an issue you're on. It's saying let's have these conversations because that's common sense. Yeah, and I feel like with this kind of a bill, like in all earnest, I think maybe it might have had good intentions because I know mm-hmm. of some conversion therapy that is actually rather sure. harmful to children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, like, there's weird stuff out there. Yeah, and the thing is, it's just like this is just one step into more government encroachment into homes mm-hmm. and like telling parents what they can and can't do with their kids. And sometimes I'm an optimistic person, so I like to view things on, like, the better side and be like, oh, maybe they were trying to be helpful. But the thing is, is, like, dealing with these kind of issues on that kind of a level when you're legislating what people can and can't talk about, it's just Mm -hmm. kind of like, wow, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're completely violating our First Amendment rights, which is kind of what Daniel was saying, but it's insane. I've never met a teenager, no matter what what issue they're talking about, Mm -hmm. In all in all the work I've done with Generation Joshua and just just in life, that doesn't appreciate having a meaningful conversation with somebody who's approaching them with respect, with yeah. with dignity. I think that that you know any of these issues can be tough issues to wrestle through, and I just I don't support any legislation that's going to say you can't have that conversation. Yeah. This a yeah. little bit, but I'm curious, looking at. You know, the current climate of things, uh, especially, you know, in Virginia where we are Mm -hmm. um, and raising your girls and all that stuff as a father. Yeah. How does that make you think about your role in raising them and looking forward? Like how not to sound like a therapist, but how do you feel about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, Man, I think I think it's 
I don't I don't live with a lot of like fear or apprehension or like feeling like the walls are closing in or something like that. <laughs> um, I don't think that's a really healthy way to live because if there's something going on or something something that that isn't a great idea being proposed, mm-hmm. I say we you know we use we use we engage with the process. We speak up, you know, and I think this issue uh, is actually on the side of the parents ultimately because it's so common sense. And mm-hmm. there's there's many issues in politics where you're like, oh my gosh, I thought that was common sense, but it wasn't. Yeah. So that you got to be careful of that. But even the people who, you know, who I speak with that like, say on the topic of parental rights, they're like, uh, you know, what's that about? You know, what's this parental rights amendment? What's mm-hmm. this issue? Well, you know, is there, there, you know, this kind of stuff. The people, and even, even Corey, like you were saying earlier with the giving giving some of these legislators and stuff a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, you know, you, you don't have to hate somebody to strongly disoppose mm. their, to strongly disagree yes. with their with their legislation. And I think that, that that's important when it comes to politics and government, especially mm. because freedom's at stake. Because we're saying, you know, this has to apply to everyone in all circumstances. So I think mm. it's a lot better, and this is my philosophy with, with a lot of uh, areas of legislation, to use the least restrictive means to basically mm-hmm. say, how can we ensure, you know, a reasonable measure of, of, of safety and good environment for, for good families and good parents to thrive without imposing, basically without imposing the consequences that you would have if you were a bad parent, without imposing those consequences to every parent, no matter, no matter what kind of job they're doing. Um, because the, the thing that I always come back to is, is all the things that um, advocates, you know, of, of some of these policies that we believe are encroaching on parental rights and, and parental freedom and are going to be bad for families, usually the thing they're trying to prevent, we also don't want to happen. Usually, you know, mm-hmm. you, whatever issue it is, um, kids being mistreated in any way, nobody wants that to happen. We certainly yeah. don't want that to happen. Um, the, the issue that I say, though, is that all of the things that, that we're worried about or something like that, they're already illegal. There's, mm-hmm. there's, you know, nobody's allowed under the current laws to neglect a child or abuse a child or mm-hmm. mistreat a child. That is always wrong, 100%, no exceptions, and illegal, and you will be punished if that's what you do. And that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. But we should not punish the people who are loving their kids and raising their kids mm-hmm. and creating beautiful, safe, nurturing homes for their families yeah. by saying, okay, you don't even get to enter into this equation until you've passed some sort of obscure mm-hmm. approval test process that, okay, now we can trust you with your kids. That's not how it's supposed to work. The other thing that people forget is that the problem in any of this is with humans who make bad or wrong de- uh, choices and decisions. And I think that sometimes people forget that whether you're talking about parents or whether you're talking about elected officials – there's always the space for human error and, unfortunately, the space for human wrongdoing and, and downright mm-hmm. evil. And that is not magically erased yeah. just because you get elected, mm-hmm. just because you get appointed, just because you get you know sworn in. And, I mean, honestly, I think it's easy to have this conversation because if you look at today's political climate – you don't have to look very hard to, especially with young people, yeah. people our age. You don't have to. You don't have to look very hard to say, "Hey, you know what? Just because this person got elected, doesn't mean everything they think, say, or do is right." Yeah. And I don't care what party or side of the aisle you're coming from. I don't think you you have to work very hard to convince people just because you're here in some type of position means that you know, oh, you're golden. We can trust everything you mm-hmm. say, or think, or do. So then you say, okay, historically, 
what is what is the best chance for a kid, and that's in a, a loving home with two parents, with parents who are going to be the most likely out of anyone in this equation, mm-hmm. uh, some you know random government official, bureaucrat, whatever, as well-intentioned as they may be, they're not going to have that that same motivation as a parent to look out for their kid. Now, are there outlier cases? Are there exceptions? Are there straight-up bad parents? 100%. But we have the processes to deal with that already. So I say don't don't make it harder for great parents to be great parents. Just take care of, of any situations where bad stuff is being done 100%. And also just not underestimating, like, a parent's knowledge of a specific child because I feel like oftentimes with like government agencies there's like a cookie cutter like well every kid is exactly like this every kid is exactly like that so this general legislation will cover all of the bases and the thing is is like every kid is different every parent is different and I remember thinking we actually filmed the video that you can find on our Facebook page a Check few months ago. <laughs> we filmed a few months ago with uh, one of the guys who came in and did a, an interview with us. His name is Steven. He said something about the government agency is no way in the can replace a parent in the way that it yeah, knows and loves a child. Like the way that it like actually can interact with someone and actually like get to know them on like a personal level to know like what they can handle what they can't handle like their personal issues being with them like basically 24 hours a day since they were like born the bond between a parent and a child is i I don't know what i don't know what the word is is it magical is it mysterious (laughs) whatever it's that's something that can't be replicated and as, as much as we can preserve that and as much as we can honor that as a, as a society and a culture, we should. We should, we should strengthen families, not weaken them. Um, and it's not, it's not just, yeah, it's, it's not just about parents who want to, to not be messed with or something like that. It's like if, if we look at some of these specific issues, and I don't think we have time to just rattle off every piece of legislation, <laughs> <Yeah>. treaty, you <laughs> know, uh, local ordinance, something like that that's going to be encroaching on parental rights, it ends up being bad for kids. And that's mm-hmm. why we have a problem with it. Yeah. Um, well, that's like something I feel like a lot of people take with the parental rights movement. They're like, oh, you're trying to empower parents. And that's just kind of like, wow, you're not even caring about the child. It's and not the very thing rock is, and roll. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, in all earnesty, like why we do this is because we're trying to protect children, not necessarily because we just want to empower people to right. have be like evil overlords over of their children. Of course not. We're trying, we're, <laughs> honestly, we're trying to prevent evil overlords. Um, that's exactly what we're trying to do. Um, you can't, you can't replace that that parent-child relationship and kind of to your other point about the government having a cookie cutter approach of course they do and the reason is not not some evil nefarious reason it's because they have to Mm -hmm. because the government's job is to treat everyone the same and to treat everyone equally and if they stop doing that that's when we have problems problems. (laughs) and so when the government is is considering measures we we can't say we can't, you know, just apply this kind of um, slightly uh, emotional, like, oh my gosh, this sounds like it could be helpful, or it sounds like it could be a good idea in some situations. We have to say what applies to everyone all the time. Then we make laws that say, okay, when when X line is crossed, when this boundary is ignored, you know, something like that. Then we start encroaching more. We start saying, you know what? Okay, so you run the red light. Oh, guess what? You get a ticket. You run the red light a lot of times. Oh, guess yeah. what? Your license is taken away. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's how 
government, law, justice. Yep. That's how it works. And so I think sometimes just applying a, a basic foundational understanding of that, which, again, not to harp on it, but that's one of the reasons I love working with Generation Joshua is we talk to students about the foundations of our government and the structure that we live in. And justice is a hard pursuit in a world of, of fallen, broken people, but we've got to pursue it, and we've got to say what's the best, most fair, least restrictive way to do this, and, and I think on the issue of parental rights, yeah. it's to empower parents to be good parents, and then if there's situations that you yeah. discover or the government discovers that that is not happening, please address yeah. it. We, we want that to be addressed. It's just, yeah. you know, these, these other measures are, are really, really making it worse for kids yeah. rather than helping them. Yeah. And actually, one thing when you were just talking that kind of reminded me of something. So I watched the movie The Joker a few weeks ago. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> and this is relevant, I swear. I still haven't but, seen it. Should I go see it? Uh, eh, it's okay. Like, All right. It's okay. Good. Well, yeah. I want to hear the illustration. Though. No, there is this moment when the Joker, his name's Arthur, goes into the social worker's office because he's dealing with some things. And his funding and the social worker was going to have to cut him. And basically the social worker looks him in the face. He goes, the system doesn't care about you. The system doesn't care about me. It only cares about, like, itself, essentially. Basically kind of like the only way in which it can function is the fact that it is so cold and it can't actually be affectionate toward anyone. So I thought that was interesting, yeah. relevant to, like, this kind of a situation yeah. where it's, like, it's not not doing its job by, like, not caring for people, like you were sure, saying. Sure, sure. But – yeah, interesting I mean, quote for the the government. People. The government does a horrible job of of loving people. Yep. it's not it's not really supposed to do that. Um, we're supposed to love people. We're supposed to take care of people, but the government uh, is is not designed to do that. Um, so yeah, I think that that families are the place where kids can thrive, and yep. and we should for do everything sure. we can to protect that. And uh, the government would be smart to. To, to realize that. And I think yeah. the good news, again, just, just to kind of come back to this, what I was saying at the beginning, is yeah. that most people I talk to, they understand that. Mm -hmm. the, weird, the weird part is saying, yeah, strangely enough, there's some people who disagree with that. You know, there's a few yeah. people out there, there's a few entities, organizations, whatever, who kind of have a little bit of this God complex where it's like, I am superior, I understand more than the rest of you. You know, these thoughts, these these ways are higher than your ways, and I should be able to, to decide how you run and structure your life. Um, most people aren't like that. And so we've got to address these and say, hey, there is a threat out here. There is, there is some proposed legislation. There's some certain ideologies that are trying to do some weird stuff and really weaken and damage that relationship between a parent and a child. Um, but we can stand against that, and of course yeah. it's common sense. Um, right. And yeah, I would just say, final note, if you'll, if you'll let me yeah, continue I'm to ramble totally for a second, yeah. being, having the opportunity to be a dad shed a whole new light on, on my appreciation for the issue simply because I was passionate about the issue well before I had kids. I didn't even know if I was going to have kids. I wasn't like some, you know, just dreaming of the day mm -hmm. when I would be a father. But having kids, that parent-child relationship is something that is so special, that is so formative. Um that we, we shouldn't mess with it. We mm -hmm. shouldn't we shouldn't we shouldn't do anything to make that child feel less secure or less connected to their parent. Um, especially in the case of wonderful parents. Yeah. And and then, you know, again, I don't ever want somebody to think 
that I would be advocating for defending a, a bad parent. It's just that we have processes to address that, and yep. we do a relatively good job with that. Um, we can always improve things, but we should not go and put good families at risk for a few outlier cases. Yep. Totally agree. And with that, thank you so much, Daniel, for joining us today. It is my it pleasure. Was it was fun hanging out with fun. you guys. A lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, good discussion. Really enjoyed it. And with that, Same. I think we're going to wrap things up. Just remember, um, if you ever want to donate to us, our website is www.parentalrightsfoundation.org slash donate. And if you want to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and just see our updates as far as news that's going on with parental rights, please do that. And yeah. Thank awesome. you so much. Have a great week, you guys. And, yeah, have a great week. And Jim and Michael will be back next week with, I think they're interviewing someone. I don't remember. I have to look at my schedule. But yeah, I'll see you guys later. All right. Bye.